Thank you for joining us and welcome to Humanist Perspective, episode four. Uh, we're really excited to be joining you guys, and the following is going to be a conversation between Jonathan Dufresne, Ethan Castilla, and I, Chad Castilla. We talked today uh, pretty openly. It, it was a holiday, so this this episode got recorded a little bit later in the day. We were busy working, and uh, we look forward to you enjoying it. We have a little bit of Guatemalan coffee that will be featured for our coffee feature of the day, and we talked touch base on everything from sustainable agriculture to uh, the f- the future of Elon Musk and everything he's doing with his initiatives, um, to Ethan giving even us some wisdom to uh, end out the show. It's a little bit of a shorter episode, but uh, make sure to stay tuned with us and to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, at A Humanistic Perspective Podcast. And we look forward to uh, changing up our format and, and really learning what our show feels like. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy and uh, take a listen. Oh. Hello and welcome to A Humanistic Perspective, episode four. Um, we're really happy to get into it here. I want to go around and introduce everyone here. My name is Ethan Castillo. For those of you who don't know me, I am 17 years old. I grew up in Yorkville, Illinois. Um, I've established a few different businesses, and uh, I'm on my entrepreneurial path, and that's about it. My name is uh, Jonathan Dufresne. I also go by Jake. Uh, I'm pretty new to the podcast, actually, Um, and I am also on my entrepreneurial path along with Ethan that's sitting beside me. Indeed, he is. And uh, we are are building an an amazing uh, non-emergency medical transport business, and I'm very excited for the future. We're planning on expanding to... Illinois and Texas, and I'm just very, many very happy. Many other states as well, but we're on a slow path along with uh, many other things that me and even my brother are doing. So. Yeah, yeah. and uh, lastly, I'm Chad Castilla. Um, for those of you that don't know me, I'm working on building my insurance company mm-hmm. called Castilla Shelter Insurance. Uh, I work with my brother on our outdoor solutions company, and uh, very excited to be working on a few other projects. Um, but other than that, we are we are your hosts for your, today's episode of A Humanistic Perspective, and we're just happy to get into it. We're uh, going to start by brewing our coffee here. Um, very excited Let's for that. Let's get it. it very, is, very excited. We are getting a little bit of a late start to recording this episode today, but very late start. the coffee is definitely needed. Um, oh, Absolutely. I was I started my day to day at well I didn't go to bed, but I started reading my um, Gary Vanderchuk book. Oh really? What is which book? The Crush It book I got you? Yes, sir. Yep, I got it. I got it for him the same way you get everyone's books. Which is at where? Maybe let's help our audience. Where can we <laughs> get where, where can we get uh, some good books if you're looking to find books? If you type if you just type in B dash okay. The, the, the whole library of every book that you can imagine is at your fingertips and it can be downloaded into your computer or your phone b-ok.org and it's all free correct all free it's the world's largest internet library of books no more paying for books we got to thank johnny for that thank you johnny yeah it's a very interesting time that we're living in honestly in terms of that because like the internet is just so able to ha- make everything that used to we needed to pay for now free. You yeah. know, we can have videos. I mean, literally YouTube in itself. I mean, it's like do pretty you, much. You, do YouTubers even get paid anymore from YouTube? Like specifically YouTubers? Yes. Yeah. yeah the, I, Depends it's really on interesting. It. So when I was setting up our, our YouTube page for the actual channel. Sure. The whole career, 
creator sweep and there's like a whole back end of youtube that looks exactly like the consumer end mm -hmm. but all for creators and it's become this thing that they've built it similar to like when we met with those it companies to talk about prismatic solutions mm -hmm. they've built it to where it's so rewarding and it's so much of this like wow i'm becoming a creator i'm becoming a part of this community i'm doing this this thing and i'm giving back and and it becomes this outlet almost for them to to want to grow that it's 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 insane isn't it, it crazy really i think yeah, i think the one thing it's that become was, its own economy it is its yeah. own economy it's the attention economy that we're living well, in honestly and that's what's crazy is again anybody can have anybody can be successful any the like people that want money or wealth yeah everyone is in a position to obtain wealth from sure. wherever you started so like you can't like even just Reading Gary's book solidified this in my head. You know what I'm saying? The only people yeah. that aren't going to be wealthy are the people that are going to continue to make excuses. Yeah, the ones that are not getting up and trying and doing it. What he's talking about is, you want to mention? Have you mentioned the book yet today? Sort of. It's uh, Crushing It by Gary Vaynerchuk. Well, actually, very, I gave him very interesting. Well, what's interesting that you say that because you're a, you're reading Crushing It. He's reading Crush It. Oh, are you reading the first one? You're he's reading Crush reading, It. He's reading what? Yeah. So, so no for any way. viewers, it's way. I, so it's for crazy. any viewers that don't know, Gary Vaynerchuk wrote a book back in 2009 called Crush It, which talks about how to build Ooh. your personal brand in this day and age, where the digital market is so prominent. And Chad right now is reading Crushing It, which is the sequel to up. Crush It that talks about how all these other entrepreneurs used his book Crush It. basically Crush is it. the same story and the same concept of the first novel. Just really he's demonstrating how others have done it through this book. And the crazy thing is I'm listening to the audio book while reading it as well. And he gives his own insight. He chimes in in the audiobooks and that things aren't even written in the book that are common and coming mm -hmm. right wow. now. You could he recorded the audiobook right now and he adds, he's like, this this audio that you're hearing it, is the most live information of what I'm thinking today. It was marketing. cool to see with that book. I mean, he had many people help him create that book. I think with who, one with one per Do you I, know? Oh, so, so many people. I couldn't even list all of them. Um, I mean, lots. But I think the coolest thing was to see was that... Uh, Gary actually kind of started on a similar path as, you know, Chad and myself did. His family didn't have much. They came here, you know, their family was foreign to here. His dad just started working in a, literally a, a, a wine shop making hourly rages, eventually saved up and actually bought the shop and changed it. And, and that's where Gary, even just when he used to be trading, you know, or selling uh, baseball cards. And what was super cool to see was that even a baseball card that didn't have worth yeah. Gary found a niche to make it have a worth. Yeah, exactly. And because it he, was crazy to see that you can make any, you can make money off anything. And and Gary really took the entertainment around. I think the one of the biggest things is everyone has these platforms, these social media platforms. And as much as I don't like them, I really don't. I don't want to be a part of it. It's a part of growing your personal brand, and you have to do it nowadays. It's essential. It's the same thing as if if I told you in the '90s that you need to have a. Uh, what is that little side side A pager because that's going pager. to be the most convenient and the most um, niche way of staying connected to that your was, clientele. That was right? texting back in the 90s. Exactly. It was just basically this thing that said, hey, call me. That was pretty much what a pager was. It was literally just this machine that was like, it gave someone's contact information. And then, there, I mean, that was just a signal for you to then just call sure. them on another phone. 
I just wanted to backtrack and maybe talk about yeah. this coffee a little bit. Jake, where did where did you pick it up from, and and oh, yeah. maybe what are we drinking this uh, afternoon and evening? Well, as I was doing business for Silver Wings, uh, I passed I passed through this uh, town called Peru every single every, almost every single week, and I saw this Fourth Street Cafe one day, and they have the most incredible pastries, bagels, sandwiches that you could ask for, and also their coffee is insane and right now we're drinking their organic guatemala coffee and it's from um i'm trying to think it's uh wild horse creek i believe wild horse creek coffee uh i don't know what i think of this what i I, it's it's definitely not something i've always it it tastes different i don't know how to describe it i personally think it tastes tastes medium is yeah it's definitely a medium roast not on the dark end right in the middle initial hit super sweet on the tongue sits right in the middle of the palate finishes for me a little nutty yeah mm. a little nutty and to me also like i just get more of that earth feel you know mm. like i feel like very connected to the earth and yeah. i think that's also just because of you know where all the coffee beans come from i mean a majority of our coffee beans come from you know central or south america you know and, the, and guatemala is in uh, central america so how many coffee beans does the u.s import oh you let could me, probably look that up you, you look it you, up you should look up just what starbucks how much yeah. they import because they're the second biggest um like nowadays they're second in line in terms of biggest fast food chain outside of mcdonald's starbucks is second i feel like isn't that crazy it's like an addictive it's an addiction Star- starbucks is considered fast food okay in 2016 the u.s led all coffee imports with 5.7 billion dollars worth of coffee imports purchased Holy that was in crap. 2016 well, it's also because of all the private-owned uh, coffee shops now, too, that are trying to compete with people like Starbucks, you know? Everyone's trying to get their own p- part of the market share in terms of coffee. I mean, back in the 60s or in 70s, people just, when you had coffee, you went to go to f- your f- donut shop or something. Yeah, or you waited till you got to your work office because there was a free pot from HR on the One stove. of the things you had that Folgers, surprised that's me. That's it, Folgers. Yeah. Literally, my mom, I was like, the other day, she told me she was buying coffee at work. I was like... Are, are, we're in 2021 we're in 2021 and you're the place you work at is in a, a full office Literally, isn't you buy, supplying coffee you buy one industrial coffee maker and two bags of industrial beans and you're good for like a month you could literally I get starbucks that i was like you could get start you can get beans whole beans for much cheaper than you pay for each coffee that's the thing that's the reason why coffee is such a great um industry to get into because you can pay a like you can your profit margins can be very high in terms of coffee because it's not that expensive when you buy in bulk beans what percentage profit you think starbucks is making on a cup oh they definitely are making 500 percent. no not 500 <laughs> percent. that's too high i'd say probably 100 percent. honestly though maybe but i'm not 100 percent sure because i mean they charge for their coffees like a medium pike place which is their medium roast like i think it's like 250 okay i guess i'm thinking of foo food drinks you're right yeah they're foo food drinks of course that's where they make their money right, the money is. they make is off their espresso that's really where their money is because that's where the majority of the drinks use is their espresso you know, the frappes all of the macchiatos all of the you know all the fancy drinks you know they all have espresso in it you guys are going to be disappointed, so it says but... here um this is according to um az central that the margin per cup for an average joint is about 50 to 75 cents if not smaller for that than that and for starbucks it's usually 75 cents and up well 75 cents i mean that's still a pretty good Which profit pretty margin good, pretty good margin. can you franchise starbucks right yeah oh yeah can. absolutely and that that was in 2014 based on an average drink of three dollars and 65 cents mm, okay 
So that's still a pretty good profit margin for how many margin. for how many people order Starbucks probably per day. You know, the consumption rate probably is insane. I wonder. I always wonder what you do. You notice too that that locations and and the consumers have been okay with the drop in free refills. Do you remember how everyone back in the two thousand Speedway <laughs> gas stations everywhere? You buy my mug, you get a free refill. How that just sort of has gone away or gone to the wayside. Yeah, because people would want to get the more... Specifically in the coffee industry. People want to get now the Instagrammable uh, Starbucks mugs and Starbucks, you know, things that they can post in Starbucks and, you know, make a nice post for their story or nice post for whatever. It's We live in the attention economy. We are trying to find the things that we can post on social media to then get the most likes so then we can spend more time on the devices... And more people can comment and more people can just be using it. Yeah, that's I think a- I think that's probably one of the biggest things we face in our house, Jake, with Lauren, uh, my sister, you know, it's it's an addiction to the technology. And it's yeah. like I she mean, actually live- I see many people, it's not even her, but so, so many people can't live without it now. You take away your your technology, your cell phone device, you don't even feel like you're human anymore. You feel like your part of your brain is gone. Isn't that so crazy? Like, even I feel like that sometimes, you know? I don't know. It's just, it's a very interesting dilemma that we're in right now. And, and, and honestly, it's interesting because Elon Musk now talks about how we, in, you know, by 2025, AI is going to surpass humans in terms of intelligence. And not How many saying- times have Elon's predictions been off, though? I know, like, he always makes great, bold statements, but I also feel like some of those don't always come... Yeah, to fruition I mean, as soon as he says? Yeah, I will say that, I mean, sometimes his predictions are kind of far off, but a majority of the predictions that he's made for his own company have come true. Yeah. So investors now are very much trusting him and knowing that the predictions he makes, they they believe that he will make a return on them. And now that's the reason why he surpassed Jeff Bezos as the world's richest man, because all of his companies now, the stock has gone up significantly. I think one of the coolest points in our company we've learned is we've reached a point or we can see the point where we will no longer need to rely on investors. I was able to come to that realization today, which was great. How so? Uh, forecasting. Forecasting as in? For- budgets. budgets, profits, financial plans. But now that we've been in the NEMT industry for so long, I know specifically exactly what our price and cost breakdowns are. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So oh, by the way, I have a, yeah, I have something to talk to you about that after. Just uh, someone that added um, into our, she wants to work with us, so yeah. All righty, well. Let's We're going run. live on Facebook, too. Oh, very nice. Well, let's run it up. Um, run let's it see. Up. But yeah, I wanted to talk about, I, I did so much research this weekend and was really interested in the idea of sustainable agriculture. And looking into what's going on with farming in the U.S., and it's it's crazy that like the way that AI technology specifically can be incorporated into so many industries, like just alone, every company, like whether it was an app or it was a uh, a product that was being created, they were they had some sort of development department using AI technology to help foster or change the future of what will be agriculture. Well, and I think of that's happening in a lot of industries right now. And when you look at the minimum wage now for, I mean, by 2025, Illinois is supposed to be at a $15 minimum wage. And we're looking at possibly putting in a federal place of $15 minimum wage. 
And then people complain about loss of jobs. Well, as me as a business owner, I'm going to innovate. I'm going to innovate. I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to keep hiring my price of what I'm paying for these laborers when I can initiate a drone or AI material to do the same same task. The same and task cheaper, and probably quicker. cheaper, better, yeah. faster and then, you know, I would rather employ people, but again, that's where we see that AI will eventually take over. Regardless, I know for a fact that automation is going to take over in almost every single industry. It's inevitable. It's not a matter of if, but a matter of when. And yeah. agriculture is just going to be one of the things that is going to be much more, I think, efficient when when AI and certain um, programs and algorithms can be implemented into our agricultural equipment. And also while while doing that, also making it more sustainable and giving tools to smaller farmers so that way they're able truly. to. Because truly that's the struggle now, as is, you and I were talking about, you know, they're, they're, small farmers are struggling right now because they're not able so to get the ways. investment. They're struggling because the land and and it's there's so much soil and so, much, so many areas that can't be farmed or that they have to farm and then wait and then allow a different crop to grow because of this or that. And, and the ability to uh, have market information and, and the disconnect from what's happening competitively with these big corporation and farming agricultural companies. Um, and then like you're saying too, with that funding and the disconnect from our government agencies granting and wanting more of the younger generation to get involved. How many people do you know right now, Ethan, in our age range that are like dying to become farmers and are dying to go to school to be to learn science in order to innovate farming? Mm-hmm. Actually, I can think of a person directly that lives in Yorkville. You nice. remember Mrs. Miragliata? Yeah. She was a teacher. Her son, Aiden okay. Miragliata. He, he was a farmhand for for years and years now and he's going to school actually that's to, awesome to further his education in farming and that's where his plan eventually i think if i, I think were to invest genius. in one person i think that's that that's the kid that i would right I think now it's genius too because it's an industry that's not going away you need food yeah you, like, need, you need it you need products you need plants you need cattle i mean all these things now are just becoming small. I think the main thing is is the money when it comes down to it. Because like I even think of that, like there should be obligations for kids who pursue those kind of careers and paths of creating sustainability within farming or new initiatives that we do give funding out to. I mean, we we fund so many other things that are way less significant. I mean, yeah, that's very true. I mean. I feel like if we just spent just a little bit more money in researching, and I feel like that's interesting now because, like, you know, recently it's been in the news that Bill Gates is now the largest owner of private farmland. And I feel like what his incentive and intention is with owning that private farmland is to um, innovate the ways that we do farming. Do you think he'll gift it? But I also don't think that when you guys look at it, Bill Gates isn't the one actually doing it. You know what I'm saying? He's hiring sure. out the foundation. People. The foundation, foundation, sure, but that's an investment. That's like a diversification within your portfolio. Okay, it's it's a it's a sustainable it's or it's a substantial amount of land though. It is, but if again, you really think about it. Yeah, like but two hundred and forty. But they're taking initiatives that I think are built upon many other people than just Bill Gates himself. I agree. I oh, agree. of course. Yeah, so. yeah. I, th- I I think the world will see uh, positive repercussions from the purchase of that land. Yeah, I agree with you. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. But also, would I blame him if I were in the same position? I, I mean, would Kanye too. Kanye did that too. If you think about it, entrepreneurs right now are, are trying to acquire as much space as they can. I he mean, that's always so been a thing. That's Wyoming. always been a thing, though. I mean, yeah, real estate. Hole. Real estate. I think people get scared of but the significance of real estate and and the value will with some regard always be there 
and there's always a path of growth. I mean, even the other thing, when you look at the recession of within 2008, and now people are wondering, well, why is the economy so strong? Right? Well, there's multiple reasons for that, and I'm not going to get into political reasons, but we've we've learned a lot from when the recession happened in 2008. You know what I'm saying? It's it's a whole the money the way money is exchanged because we faced such difficulty in in 2008 has now shaped us to be mold where that won't where the where transferring of, of funds and money and moving really won't affect be affected by maybe necessarily actions or like for example the COVID virus. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, absolutely. But I think to be honest though, I think one of the truest things that we learned from the 2008 recession and continually onward is that I feel like as technology has progressed, so has our dependability on technology. Like for example, with the 2008 recession, I mean, there are specific algorithms that all these big banks had used in order to determine uh, loans for bad credit people, but that did not work out at all. So did you see the thing with Microsoft where they were putting the um, the software stuff in like basically tubes underneath the sea in the ground? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched Remember that. That video I sent you. They were uh, having... talking about uh, Microsoft did some simulations in uh, Sweden or the Netherlands. They put in a bay of water near the ocean. Um, um, floor, data, floor level. Data factories and gigafactories because they were trying to predict and see the um, ethics and ability of long-term sustainability of gigafactories underwater for cooling reasons, for storage reasons, for space reasons. You can get Which it, it honestly came out I to wonder. be a very successful process. But yep. what I wanted to point out there was their biggest hindrance was that after two years, these soft, these you know, these software things and these systems outdated. built in, they're outdated. They can't keep up. Yeah. So now these things that are meant to be underwater for maybe 10 years, right? It's it's a big process to get these things out of the water. How do you get it underwater, but how do you also get it adapted? Right, and that's the thing. Even when you look at like Macs, right? I just bought a brand new Mac like six months ago and now there's four latest versions. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's like you can never keep, keep up to date. Everything is continually changing. Always. And, in, and and with AI being at the forefront right now, I mean, honestly, in 10 years, coders are not even going to be needed because artificial intelligence will, sur- will surpass it. No, I've because- even heard a lot of coders right now, too. Like they, they are like they learn how to do the f- first programs in school. But then there's online formats and online forums that they just copy and paste the beginning stuff so they can work on new and more advanced things. So Wait, like, say that again, like yeah. coders, which have, is normal is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah they have like forums or like. If there's like a basic commands that they have to put into programs often, they just literally have a spreadsheet where they can copy the code and paste oh, it into the that. workspace that they're I working on. I mean, that's on. how most things work. If everyone had to code everything by hand, they would be coding okay. things well, for years. Well, a lot years. of people had to code by hand. I mean, think back to like Bill Joy, for example, okay, back in the 70s. But we're I mean, in 2021. Yeah, I know, but we're it's so just so much further what, along. What, see, that's the thing, though, that I'm trying to get at, though, is that we are so reliable on technology now for all of the information. We have no room to now just think for ourselves. Like all those programmers, the people that originally created the internet, they had no like Google. How do I how do I create the internet? They had to figure everything out. They had to program everything themselves and really sit down. Do you realize for Toy Story itself, when that initially came out, every two and a half frames of video took a week to make nonstop. Holy cow. And now look at where we are. For them, it's so easy. They could literally just use like any animation software that is so built. I mean, now it looks so realistic compared to what it did back in the 90s. And now, imagine from that time period 
which was 25 years ago. Imagine where we're going to be in 2030, 2045. That's that's what I'm yeah, trying and to that's get where at. that's where point? I would rather just focus on uh, the question of if you guys ever had the opportunity to go to Mars, at what point would you consider going? If I think right now that we're going to live with aging medicine and anti-aging medicine, I think we'll be living till 120 pretty healthily and then be dying around the 130s. Um, and in that case scenario, if we're really if, if we can if we go to Mars, they have the right resources, we can do this and it's going to be effective and we can figure out a way. I would go back with the, with the, with the potential of knowing I cannot come back to Earth at the age of seventy happily seventy yeah, to seventy five eighty. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I mean, but I also wouldn't even be dependent on resources. I mean, when you look at the United States or even the countries with which in which we live in, the amount of corruption that's within. I mean, I would be I would be for anything starting over in a whole new fresh scheme. You know like, what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, even if even if resor- full resources weren't available in yeah, Mars, I'm, I mean, that's a new beginning. It is that's a, a that's a new way to start new change. Um, I agree, and I think having a conversation with Elon Musk and understanding that in further depth would really maybe what do, what would you? I just want to pose this hypothetical. Let's say you're sitting down with Elon Musk. What what would you say to him? Yeah. What exactly? Like, what do you want to? What would be what would you want to say to him? him like, what would be like? If you just if Elon Musk showed up, no, like no, Elon no, no. Musk like, calls you. Let's say Elon up, calls you, gives you fifteen minutes of his time. And he give you fifteen minutes. What are you going to talk about? You think about it. What would what would be like the? First? I would ask him where. What is his true and honest opinion of the current state of the United States or even the Earth, hmm. and seeing the sustainability and really get his opinion on is you know is is the time coming to an end here on this earth like should you be thinking of entrepreneurial endeavors that are not on forward right and and maybe understanding of like the other thing i would ask is as a business person what would you focus on most That's or, a, or like what would you focus question. if you were if you were an entrepreneur in my position at my age with your company with my companies do you think i like i would say i would let him know what my companies are yeah and then i would say do you think this is a good directional path for making a change within this world or do you think i need to switch complete gears interesting oh that's very interesting that'd be really cool because i'm here to make a change like i want to i want to like the reason why i'm building my business is again money doesn't mean anything i mean i will i will be a millionaire by 18 you know what i'm saying i know i will be so like that's not the money part doesn't come and you could just start to see money as one of the many tools that's required in order to achieve what you want to achieve you can achieve a lot more quicker Mm-hmm. Exactly. And when you think about how money is more of an opportunity, not a luxury. Exactly. Money is giving you more opportunity to do the things that you want to do with your businesses. And I feel like, yeah, I think. But I also don't think I could ever talk to Elon Musk for only 15 minutes. I feel like. No, I, you can never have you a can great never, conversation I feel like with, that with someone like, with that much intellect, that much experience on this planet. I mean, when you, you see can't. him just even talk, like when I was specifically referring to like the Joe Rogan podcast, okay, Elon Musk, you'll bring up one topic or pose a question. And it takes and him it, forever. It, it, it to takes think him, about you know, maybe 30 seconds or, or even longer to respond. But he's going to give you his most honest opinion. Yeah. And really think of every every possibility. I admire that. 
Yeah, I admire much. that. What is what are the things? But that's why I think fifteen minutes would never be enough. Speaking of admiration, though, what do you do? Do you do you have any aspirations for him? Like, do, what do you like? What do you like aspire most about him to be like? Like, what have you seen? That like, what traits done? of his do you admire the most? Oh. I think is what Jake's asking. Yes, yes, yes. That's what I meant. Probably him investing in the things he believes in and not caring what anyone else thinks. Yeah. I mean, he, he so started sticking to his will. Yeah. Because you could see if you have a belief in something and you can see the potential, eventually everyone else will just come to you. You know what I'm saying? Once you've already created and built past, it, it doesn't matter what other people are saying or not the possibilities. Cause if those people aren't going to try it ever, you don't know, you know, I don't know, maybe that, but I don't even know if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense in my opinion. But yeah, I just think that out of all people to have the most wealth in the world, it makes sense, at least in my opinion, for Elon, because he's literally changing humanity to a certain degree. Yeah. You know, not that many people are doing what he's doing, changing the way that space travel is being done, changing the way that... What's the Starlink? I mean, that's that's the first man we've seen actually try to make a change to the world. Imagine if we had that kind of energy... From many people with the amount of money he he has, you know what I'm saying. And the thing is, when you when you look at Bill Gates or even if you look at Jeff Bezos, they're staying within this. They're not really developing in in finding or making a better change. Or like even when you look at Mark Zuckerberg, I was watching a, a thing where he was in trial and they were trying to pull data, and it's like you could see that he was putting his companies ahead of the best interest of the people within the United States. And that was sad to see. Wow. Gosh. I mean, you know, like yeah, he wasn't even have... willing to like answers that he could easily have answered. Sure. And that's he th- just chose to completely ignore and deny, you know, like because he, he can do that. Yeah. And that's and that's the thing, too. It's just like like why you're here. Like, again, the same thing I would pose to him, like you're here for you don't know if again, you don't know that tomorrow is guaranteed. So if, like that's one thing I would always tell anyone. If you're able to and you're in a position to make a change, why wouldn't you? Especially for how much money these people have and the amount of power that they do. But the thing is, Ethan, is that a lot of people, when you have that much money, you're on a whole different level of what, like, you're on a whole well, different Well, even understanding field. of the world and how it works. I mean, we, we can come to conclusions now, but again, we won't be able to see really, I mean, wealth gives you knowledge too. Exactly. It makes you learn things too. But the thing is, is people see it as a material thing that can give them material objects. objects. And those material objects are what's going to bring them the happiness. You but want not- to know what angers me so much? Or maybe it shouldn't even anger me. It's it's seeing, this may seem ridiculous, but the amount of wasted lives around around us. Like these people that don't live for any real purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like I see more people every day in my life that aren't living for a true purpose of of what's truly meant for them because they don't feel that they're capable of doing it. And that's what's sad. Yeah. They don't believe in themselves. I mean, the amount of Medicaid patients I see, the amount of, amount of, you know, depressing, you know, stories that they have about their lives. It's like, they've no hope for themselves. We need to build the, we need to build each other up as, as humans. We have and to. until we do that. And, and I don't know what the perfect answer is for that, but there's also too many people that are in bad position. But again, there's so many things that have catered and, and grown to where we, we can't change as humans. There's so many bad and negative influences that are just too powerful. What do you think are some of those bad and negative influences? 
Mm, big pharma. <laughs> I feel like you that know, always I mean, well, I think it. specifically to the United States, okay? There's other world topics and other countries I could talk about. When I'm when I'm mentioning, I think of everything in the United States. So I think of, I mean, why do we have senators or, or Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, stuff like that in office? We, we set limits on presidents to two terms. How can they be in, in politics for years and years and years and years? We need to clear them out. Yeah, it's time for, yeah, I agree. It's time for young blood to come in. Obama has said that from the beginning. He initially said that when Biden was originally running. He initially didn't want okay. Biden because he wanted someone younger, someone with someone that was closer to our generations. Why wouldn't Obama endorse Biden initially? Initi- well, initially, well, it's because he But wanted- now he did? Like, I don't, I don't understand how someone can change a personal opinion as strong as that is and well, come the- out to the public and state that. And well, the thing is, Ethan, is that if he didn't endorse Biden, he would be endorsing Trump. And then that would have given Obama like it would have been I mean, he would have been ridiculed if he did that. Even if he didn't say anything, that would have been a message to the me- media that like. But yeah, that's the thing. It's, I mean, he. Yeah. But why don't people stand up? Again, Obama's here for he's not guaranteed tomorrow. Why doesn't he stand up then? Why can't he be a bigger up? person? If he doesn't believe that Joe Biden is good, why why endorse him? Don't endorse anyone at all. What do you guys think of uh, Andrew Yang running for mayor of New York? It's I've been seeing a lot of push from his campaign. On I definitely. Think I mean, I think that would have been the best new change. I feel like he's running right now. Yeah, he's it's time for Bill De Blasio to leave the office. Sure. He is how New York City is at this moment. I just feel so bad. I feel so, and I, I feel, truly I think that I truly think Andrew Yang is going to. I mean, I personally think he should be he should be mayor of New York City and then run for president in twenty twenty four. That's my personal opinion. I'm curious to see what he does because because all of the initiatives he wants. I mean, that's a great breeding ground to uh, try and sample them. It's a perfect. It's a perfect. It's a huge populace. population. Exactly. Such a huge population. Nine million people in New York City alone. Isn't it crazy that by even just possibly growing your own digital or personal brand and having financial wealth you could easily just get into the position of the president of the united states of america do you know how much these campaigns like if you have if you have a huge personal brand such as donald trump which i'm not saying i respect him or don't respect him i'm saying as a man that has that much of a a personal backing and, and branding and the wealth he has to support i mean there's people with better intentions than i think many candidates that are running but they don't have the money to promote their voice. The thing, the thing that's interesting, and and, and then it, it gets blocked by other people for those good people to promote their voice because there's there's too many bad people still in the bad positions, and everyone's in there to get personal gain. It's not for the right reasons. It isn't. And I think if until we knock down the government, and get everyone out of office, I mean, I mean, we need. But when's we that going to pe- happen? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Will it ever happen? I hope. I mean, we definitely need to change the institutions themselves. They're so corrupt in so many different areas, from healthcare to insurance to everything. It is such a corrupt system. Like and Nancy feel, Pelosi and her old self, you know. Well, both like b- why both Nancy why, and Mitch McConnell, why, both why, of them need exactly. to leave. Oh, they both both need of them to, need b- to leave. Both need to. But know? I'm saying people like them, right, with with a, an ability and wealth to live and do whatever they want. Why are you spending your last days? fighting for arrogance and wrong is it because they owe people favors still who knows bro (laughs) definitely a lot of that who the heck knows like why like imagine if you were like if i was a grandpa and i had a family 
right? I would not spend my my last days knowing what I'm doing is not for the actual good of humanity, and I would spend that time investing it in my family. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so interesting when you think about like the Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Mitch McConnell, and Nancy Pelosi all were born in the 1940s. Holy cow! Think about that. The people and that are running our country now in the 2020s were born in the 1940s. These were the original baby boomers. The original boomers. Like, I know we always people sit- in their generation who can't pass a driver's test. Wait, say that again? There are a lot of people in their generation that can't pass a driver's test now. Seriously, like they're I mean, incapable. It's just like you can't teach old dog new tricks and they're not open to new ideas. They're very much stuck in the traditional mindset. And I feel like we need young blood to come in and show them that that this generation has to change the way. And I truly do think that Yang is going to be the step in the right direction. I mean, I, I would literally cast my vote strictly because it's a new change. When I was 18, if I had to vote over anyone, I'd vote for Yang. Strictly because it's a new person. A I, person with a new voice. But again, you see the over-empowerment of, of wealth and personal brand overbeats anything like that. But let's get off the pot- political train. But Yeah, I wanted to also talk... All the new phone companies are now talking about the next gen of phones. Mm. No ports at all. No charging ports. So it's all wireless. Samsung just committed now that their whole next gen isn't. And Apple's Tim Cook came out with their new design that's going away entirely from it. Do you think we'll eventually have phones just on glasses? Yeah, it will be glasses. We're going to live in an era. This is going to be the decade that we are going to see. Glasses and built-in wristwatches, I feel like. Yeah, wristwatches, holograms. I personally think what's going to happen is that you're going to have glasses that you can have on your watch and then a hologram comes out. That would make sense. And you're able to look at something. You're able to like see, you know, like, oh, you and it pours up. And if you just look at it, it will open. I mean, Samsung has been in this technology for years where they are able to you're able to open something just by you looking at a specific area of your phone. I mean, Apple can do that to a certain degree now. I mean, my phone won't open if it uh, if I don't look at it. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's. I think. uh this has been a great episode. It is. I feel like it's. It's been well over an hour. Yeah. Or yeah. I mean, just has about. It? I think. I feel like it's been like forty-five minutes. Or I something. feel like it's been ten minutes. Yeah, I know. It's. It hasn't felt that long. But should we wrap it up? Is there anything else anyone wants to bring up? Mm, I. I'm pretty good, but uh, honestly, this I'm just loving. Great. All I want to say to the world out there right now is to be very grateful of every single day that you have. Yeah. Every yeah. single day that you are on this earth and you are still human. Remember this. I, I'm, Remember I'm, this moment. Remember every day that you can wake up and go to sleep and have food and have a people you know, don't realize how how grateful they are. If anything, I mean is, that's one thing is like people don't acknowledge the presence they have. I mean to have a roof over your head, you're lucky than lots of others. To be having clean drinking water, there's thousands, millions of people without clean drinking water. I totally agree. It, like people don't realize the small little graciousness of life. Exactly, and because we, we take it to, for granted in the U.S. And people need to, li- you know, people need to realize that. Start thanking people. Live in a different mindset. Whatever your negative opinions are, let them go to the wayside. If you, if you don't have faith or belief in the world, right? There's no point in sitting in your own little sorrow. You know what I'm saying? Make the most of it. Absolutely. Otherwise, you're just as much of a draining power as the world is. Truly, couldn't agree more, Ethan. That's a great, 
great great ending note point. to sum, sum it up on and uh if you haven't already make sure to follow us on facebook and instagram at a humanistic perspective podcast um we look forward to bringing you guys more episodes stay tuned for this wednesday where we have another great dialogue and uh open conversation with the group and we hang out i uh definitely think i'm going to be bringing up a little bit more about icarus which will be very exciting very it's excited. a documentary that recently came out amazing love to talk about it um other than that we have another amazing interview coming up this friday and we look forward to giving you guys some more episodes so uh howdy folks and uh we'll peace. see you yep adios